Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode 119, if I'm not mistaken, of your favourite Formula 1 show. I'm joined, as always, this time out by McCheeseburger183. <laughs> how, how are we doing, mate? I'm good. I'm worried about the delay that I'm going to respond to everything with because uh, I'm, what, halfway across the globe? So, yeah, I'm having a good time in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a... Uh, very very nice um and it's actually cooler here than it is in in gloucestershire where matt is right now so i'm having a great time yeah it's it's gonna be jamie on a lot of delay me slowly just turning into a sweat bucket uh, as the podcast goes on today but of course we're back this week out uh, to preview uh, the canadian grand prix of course formula one returning to the circuit Gio Villeneuve in Montreal and of course quickly uh, before we jump into that of course you know I, I think we we can't we sorry we can't go on without addressing uh, the elephant in the room isn't it Jamie and of course you know just wishing everyone uh, in Canada at the moment with all the wildfires going on stays safe um, and obviously you know stay indoors and what's what's always the rule if if you can see a forest fire coming towards you your best bet is to start another one isn't it where you are and then go into the space where you've just lit that one. So if you're in Canada, I didn't. And... I didn't know that. Maybe I'll use that when I'm in New that? York next week. Exactly. <laughs> that's what you got to do. I don't think there's forest fires currently in New York, Jamie. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, my dad was a fireman, so I, I do know these things. Luckily. Um, but anyway, like we said, Canadian Grand Prix this weekend, Jamie. It's been a fairly, a fairly slow news week. We feel like this one is going to be quite a short episode on the whole, but. There has been some exciting revelations going on in the world of Formula One. Now, of course, obviously, last time in Barcelona, we kind of got a few different storylines going on. Of course, Mercedes, it looks like the B-Spec car is going to be not quite Red Bull competitive, but might now mean that Aston Martin and Ferrari are duking it out for P3. But, speaking of Ferrari, Adrian Newey and Christian Horner both have, within the last 12 months been offered jobs at Marinello. What what do you make of that? I think Ferrari are kind of banking on their 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 pull factor from being Ferrari that they think they can just go in and pick anyone they want, but realistically, when you're at a Red Bull team that well, in the last twelve months they've been dominating the sport, you'd be a bit of a mug to to leave that, I'd feel. Um but it doesn't it doesn't massively surprise me because obviously Ferrari were window shopping for team principals and new staff members because of all the the fallout really from uh, uh, Benotto and the previous management there so it doesn't massively surprise me and obviously they ended up with Fred Vasseur who is a slightly lesser team principal than Christian Horner I would say oh harsh harsh <laughs> maybe maybe it is yeah, I mean, I've just been thinking about it a bit because, of course, you know, we, we originally got the information out of Dr. Helmut Marco, didn't we? And he said, of course, it took him apparently an entire night to convince Christian Horner to say, and a couple of million dollars as well, uh, to keep him over at Red Bull. Now, quickly, how cursed do we think Christian Horner in Ferrari gear would look? Oh, yeah. It, it wouldn't would only be, be that, but I feel like Christian Horner's a very like British character as in like he he is very like he jokes about everything he doesn't really take anything seriously and he jokes quite severely <laughs> and I just feel like all the Italians would get so confused <laughs> I would say I the like... Christian Horner of 10 years ago maybe is a bit more like that I think Christian Horner yeah. now is fairly boring he... and straight cut to be honest yeah yeah and we I see mean, a lot of him you've... in DTS so 
you say, you're literally also comparing him to Fred Vasseur, who was famous last year for going around with a water pistol yeah, true. at the Grand Prix. Um, we, we absolutely <laughs> love yeah. Fred. I mean, he's up there, isn't he? As someone we'd have on the podcast at any time. Fred oh, yeah. Vasseur, if you're listening. Um, drop drop us a line, mate, if you want if you want to be featured. I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's but, not very busy at the minute either. I'm sure, yeah, this week or so. He's probably, you know, had a quiet weekend in. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, Christian Horner to Red Bull obviously sounds absolutely crazy. Also strikes me as the kind of guy that would then immediately go running to the FIA about what Red Bull are doing that might or might not be illegal as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel probably. Like immediately you know. throw him under the bus. Yeah. Yeah, I get that feeling too. But Christian Horner, sorry, Adrian Newey, even though, on the other hand, Jamie. This has been going on for almost 30 years now, Ferrari even trying to get him, which is absolutely yeah. wild. Of course, originally tried back in the uh, late 90s, um, Adrian Newey explained at that point, of course, both his kids were at school, uh, so obviously he would have had to move them to Italy with him and things like that. Uh, and then again, before he went to Red Bull, which of course, which worries me now that that was, what, nearly 20 years ago. Red Bull yeah. has almost been kicking around for 20 years in Formula 1, which is nuts. Ridiculous. Um, and then, of course, far more recently as well. And I think the 2005 or 2004-2005 one was... Sorry, 2005-2006, wasn't it? Uh, he wasn't quite there at the start of Red Bull. That was probably Ferrari's best chance at getting him. And the only way mm-hmm. I could ever see Adrian Newey going there since is if Ferrari had let him build a road car as well. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of what kept him at Red Bull for a bit with the the um, Valkyrie project as well. So, I mean, he's he's just someone I could I could end up like could see ending up at Ferrari to be honest because he has done the rounds a little bit, hasn't he? Obviously, it's began at Leighton House and then McLaren for a long time, Red Bull for a long time. Like and Williams, he's still Don't got Williams. Oh, Williams, Williams too. Yeah, so he's 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 done the rounds and whichever team he goes to, other than Leighton House, uh, well, certainly all of the teams he goes to punch above their weight. And most of them end up winning world championships. So it would be brilliant for uh, for the team, for Ferrari, if they were able to get him. I think, though, he has also said at this point he's too old to want to move to Ferrari. I mean, let's be fair, I've always wondered as well, what happens when Adrian Newey calls it quits? Like, <laughs> do we think Red Bull could be in deep trouble then? I don't think they'd be in deep trouble straight away. But Not straight it would away. be, yeah, it would kind of be like, yeah, I know, he's kind of pulling the strings, but he's not, uh, he's almost like, in football terms, he's like the, the director of football, he's not the manager. So it wouldn't fall apart immediately, but you could see within three to five years, it might suddenly start going a bit downhill. Well, just remember, Jamie, as you mentioned there, of course, about Adrian Newey's history. Obviously, Leighton House weren't exactly a particularly competitive team, um, but obviously they went under not long after Adrian Newey left, after a couple of unsuccessful cars. Obviously, left Williams at the end of 1996. Obviously, they won the 1997 world title and then have won about 10 races ever since then, pretty much all (laughs) in the early 2000s. Left McLaren, of course, to go to Red Bull at the end of 05. McLaren won one more championship and have barely won again. Adrian Newey. Yeah, he but then he's he a magician. Well. But then McLaren were like I was saying just then. For until the end of 2012, they were still competitive most of the seasons, and then that's kind of where you see the effect of him leaving. Like, what's that? Five, six years later, suddenly you forget how to build a car. So, 
I don't think Red Bull would immediately like fall down the pecking order, but within five, six years, they could suddenly be back to being like a midfield team. Perhaps that's how Max Verstappen's downfall begins. <laughs> He'll go to Mercedes or Ferrari then. He probably would, but perhaps that's where, like, because at the moment, I mean, we'll talk about this again in a little moment, but it does feel like, doesn't it, that this is Max Verstappen's Formula One world and we're all just living in it. And yeah, definitely. Because, again, obviously, it will always come to an end at some point, but it's whether it goes down, like, the Sebastian Vettel route, because, of course, he's also mentioned this week about potentially moving to Ferrari in the future. Um, you know, like he said, could Max Verstappen try and do a Michael Schumacher or would Max Verstappen end up doing a Sebastian Vettel if he went to Ferrari yeah yeah I mean it depends almost entirely on the team because drivers as much as they galvanize teams like you've seen Aston Martin this season they don't make the car so like you've got to yeah you've got to like go there at the right time which I think Michael Schumacher absolutely nailed with the the power trio at the top of the top of the tree at Ferrari um and them with him yeah, I suppose he did. Um, and I guess Max would have a lot of uh, shots to call <laughs> in terms of who he'd take with him, maybe from Red Bull, who would bring in from other places. Because the state Ferrari in right now, you wouldn't go near him with a barge pole, to be honest. No, no, but maybe that's what he'd have to do, bring Adrian Newey and Christian Horner with him. Perhaps they all sit down together and talk about going over to Ferrari. Because I think if all three of them went, then it would take, what, a season, maybe two, before they're back on top, <laughs> sensibly? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, speaking though, Ferrari winning, Jamie, let's not forget, of course, no Formula 1 last weekend, because the only race of the year, they, the only weekend they cannot race on, is Le Mans. Le Mans calls the shots over Formula 1 still, which I think is absolutely brilliant. That's great. But Ferrari, yeah. Ferrari won it. I cannot believe that. After 50 years away, in the 100th centenary anniversary event at Le Mans, Ferrari, I honestly expected them just to come back and bottle it. And they only went and did it first time of asking. Absolute scenes. Yeah, unreal. And uh, I didn't actually catch much of the race at all, but or any of the race really. But I heard it was uh, good stuff. And actually, it means that what the, the Sauber drivers between 2018 and 19, which are four different drivers, the one with the least motorsport legacy is now Charles Leclerc, which is quite entertaining. <laughs> Yes, one's got a world championship, one's got a Le Mans win, one's got an IndyCar, Indy 500 win, and Charles Leclerc. <laughs> He's kind of, kind yeah. of worrying for Charles Leclerc. Well, they've actually, they've got the triple crown between them, apart from Leclerc. Yeah, yeah, they, they've got the triple crown between those between those three, and Charles Leclerc is also there, I suppose. Uh, is the highest yeah. <laughs> rated of the lot of them at the moment, which is absolutely wild. Um, but Jamie, that, that's going to segue us nicely on to our quiz this week. Now... Oh, no. uh, you are going to get one minute because, let's be fair, sometimes I just like to watch the world burn. Uh, and sometimes that includes <laughs> proving to you all how bad Jamie's knowledge of motorsport is outside of Formula yeah, 1. It's very I'm true. Gonna, I'm going to give you a minute and a half. So this year, there were 18 ex-Formula 1 drivers racing at Le Mans. You've got to name oh, as no. many as you can. Your time starts now. Oh, no. Uh, Giovinazzi... Um, Kobayashi, he might probably uh, yeah. Nakajima, he might have done it. No. Um, uh, this is awful. This You're is real it. bad. Yeah, <laughs> for uh, Alan McNish. <laughs> nope, he hasn't raced in like a decade. Uh, 
Mark Blundell, Martin he Brundle. He hasn't raced since the 90s. <laughs> well, apart from Torrance does. Um, who else has even... you got a minute left. This is so, so bad. Okay. <laughs> Fisichella, he might have done. Nope. He only races Ferrari GT3 cars. <sighs> this is actually shocking. What sort of era am I thinking in terms of when did they race in F1? Uh, it's prob- pretty much all of them are late 2000s, early 2010s. Oh, Brendan Hartley, yes. uh, Timo Glock, nope. Nick Heidfeld, nope. um, <laughs> Jano Trulli. Nope. Uh, <laughs> this is so bad. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Um, Karen Chandock. Nope. Uh, 20 seconds. Uh, Jerome D'Ambrosio. Nope. <laughs> uh, Will Stevens, Roberto Meri. Um, uh, Will Stevens is correct. Yeah, yes, there we go. Max Chilton. No. Um, oh, this is uh, Alex Three, Rossi. No, two, no, one. And wow. your time is up, Jamie. Wow. That one was For somebody <laughs> who didn't watch Le Mans doing a quiz on Le Mans. <laughs> I mean, I had to do that one for you. One, How many... two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You got four out of eighteen. You did very right. well there. Nice, nice. What are the some names these... I should have got? Because I'll obviously I'll know all of them because they've been in F one. You will but... know. You'll know. Well, actually, yeah, you should know every single one of these. Um, so one that I thought you would get, to be fair, just because he was a bit of an oddity, uh, was Andre Lotterer. Oh yeah, I could have got that. Of course, one time <laughs> Formula One driver. Um, another, uh, there were actually two more single race Formula One drivers as well on the list. Uh, Jack Aitken and Pietro Fittipaldi. Okay, well, Piet- Fittipaldi did two, didn't he? He did two, so, sorry, yeah, but still, the point stands. Get, get, get your facts um, right. Sorry, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Um, Sebastian Bourdais. Okay. Sebastian Bourdais. Bottled this bar 08 podium, but no one talks he did, about it. He did, he yeah, did, because then it would have made Seb's podium uh, race win the next weekend look slightly yeah. less impressive. Um, Sebastian Buemi, I thought you might get him, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Felipe Nasa. Well, it's just all the mediocrity. If, it if, really like... is the mediocrity. <laughs> I mean, you run through this list, you got Paul DeResta. Oh, yeah, I should have got Paul. I mean, is the thing is, I, I simply don't watch endurance racing. I thought all of these race in FE, to be honest. They do both. Most of them do both, yeah, because there's not that many races in each. Wow. Uh, Esteban Gutierrez. Nice. <laughs> My favourite one at all, Jan Magnussen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Matt, still, I wouldn't have got he's him. Still, he still kicks around in Corvette still, I think, at the moment. Uh, Guido van der Gaard. Oh, nice. Of course, famous for apparently being funny on Twitter, but I've never quite understood it. Uh, no. Robert Kubica. Oh, I could have got Kubica. Daniel Kvyat. Nice. And last, but absolutely not least, Jamie, you forgot Jensen Button. Oh, I saw Button raced it. I should have <laughs> Everyone that. saw Button. Yeah. It was like the biggest thing of the weekend. Probably as Button was racing. I've... I'm out of sync with the with Europe and with the UK, so my Twitter is just dead. It was a NASCAR no... he was driving. You're literally in the home of NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dear maybe me, I should have got me. him. You, you probably should have got that one. Um, well, there we go. That might be the worst quiz we've ever done on the show in terms of overall performance there. Let's talk more then, Jamie. About, I mean, like I said, the big thing this week is mainly personnel changes, isn't it? Uh, James Key. Has gone to Sauber in a rather mm. or Audi Sauber. Yeah, and that's a very like good move. You can kind of see the the Audi the Audi team making more more, more and more moves to make Sauber good. Obviously, they got Andreas Seidel from McLaren. They've 
uh, well, they've got Joe Guan Yu, who's one of the hottest prospects on the grid right now. So, if you do, me one eight three. This this podcast is still called Knowing Wheel, you know that. <laughs> yeah, so they're just they're just doing good stuff. Um, and actually, uh, I listened to a, a podcast on my on my flight with Mario Tyson, who's the ex BMW motorsport boss. Yes. Um, who basically said he's very impressed with what Audi are doing because it's very German, very efficient, and and of course it's, it's his old team. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. Uh, it's good stuff from from Audi, and I expect maybe I shouldn't expect big things, but I do. I am expecting slightly big things when Audi do get into the sport in twenty twenty six. Are you still expecting Joe Guanyu to be there at that point? Is that why I think so? Big things. I, I do think so. To be honest, like the way he's driving at the minute, I don't see why they'd replace him. So it'll be Bottas out first. Probably get someone else better. Yeah, get Lando in for Bottas, and then he's sorted. No, I meant for Joe, to be honest, but either or. <laughs> I mean, it would not surprise me, to be completely honest, if neither Joe or Bottas make it to Audi. Um, but as I mentioned before, it also wouldn't surprise me if they kept Joe, because they want to try and sell Audis in China, uh, which does yeah. make a lot of sense as well. And, you know, as, as much as I will give Joe a bit of stick just because Jamie does absolutely kiss him, um, he is doing a still pretty good job in a bit of an anomalous car this year, isn't it, unfortunately? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the last big news we've got then, before we jump into the Canadian Grand Prix, Mick Schumacher apparently wants back in on a Formula One seat, but I can't work out where he thinks he's going to be able to go. Yeah, there's so little movement year on year. Like, you kind of get one in every three or four years where something big happens, like the likes of Ricardo to uh, Renault was like that kind of thing that kicked off the, the transfer window. Um but that hasn't i mean we had it in 2020 but it all like it was over as soon as it began and then we haven't really had the big movement reshuffle since so and it doesn't really look like anything will happen anytime soon i guess you've got the hamilton to ferrari but that kind of if that happens that would be a bit of a straight swap it's not really not going to blow it apart um well, we think it would be a straight swap yeah we don't true. know to be honest true um I mean, it begs the question, doesn't it, with Mercedes, to be completely honest. This was something I've been thinking about this week, um, obviously, when this news article came out, because they drew a fantastic comparison uh, to Alex Albon, obviously, when he took the year off after he was dropped by Red Bull. Of course, Albon jumped into DTM. It wasn't the greatest campaign in the world, but it kept him racing. Of course, Mick is doing simulator work for Mercedes, but you do wonder why they aren't chucking him into a Mercedes GT3 car. Or something like mm. that. Like, what's going on, like with Mick Schumacher? Yeah, because it's he's kind of just like wasting away as a third driver, kind of like what well, we saw Boemi do for Red Bull for years, didn't we? Before he started but racing, still in is now, technically. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of wonder, like, he'll want to be racing shortly, like unless he thinks there's going to be a seat open up at one of Mercedes teams. But then you think Aston Martin are fairly set for the next three years. You think they're no longer really a Mercedes team either, are they? With the yeah, true. Honda they're deal. going to Honda, aren't they? So, and you got well, McLaren, who have got probably one of the strongest clients on the grid, but definitely not the strongest car on the grid. And you've got what Williams, who I guess they want to keep Logan for as long as they can. But yeah, I think Albon's fairly safe there, and then arguably the Logan Sergeant seat. But he's he's only a rookie, so they probably give him more than one year. You'd imagine, unless he keeps crashing and finishing last. They gave Latifi three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, you've just raised a fantastic point there as well, Jamie. It's actually quite impressive how quickly Mercedes' kind of whole 
system has, like, not internally but externally, how quickly that's fallen apart, hasn't it? Because they've gone mm. from really having. I mean, McLaren was well, they used never to power really. Well, these are Exactly. They I mean they still do right now. To be fair. Oh yeah, true. Um, I forgot they replaced. But obviously, McLaren were very, very fiercely trying to remain independent. Of course, when they came back under the Mercedes guys, Aston Martin are going. Williams are very much trying to prove themselves that they're not just going to be a test bench for other teams anymore. They want to actually be their own organization. Mercedes are in trouble here, aren't they? Unless. Whoa. Unless B team. Official B team. Yeah. But who 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 are they going to get a B team with? Unless they completely buy Williams, which I don't think will happen. No, ever. That, no, that's what I mean. You got 100. So Mercedes had an operating budget of 500 million dollars a year. Suddenly, that's been cut down to after driver contracts and obviously top three personnel, probably in the ballpark of 250, 300 million. Yeah. You got 200 million there that's just suddenly not being used. Easily, they could. They could. They could. They could. It would kind of be what's the point, though, because they're so, they'd be so behind the curve. I guess they could just use their old parts like Toro Rosso did at first. But, yeah, it would be very interesting. I mean, you kind of want to get more and more teams, but do you want B teams? I mean, Toro Rosso have been like the perennial second team for Red Bull, but now, yeah, even for a bit, they were outperforming Red Bull, but now they're definitely back to being like a B team. It's like, do you want like three teams that are just never going to win races because they're they're big team second team we've already got three teams that don't win races mclaren williams alpha tarry this year (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's true it's true but i mean for mick obviously if they do set up if this is a plan they do want to make it won't be until 26 probably so he probably won't be around by then to be perfectly honest but no people on twitter will still be uh We'll still be crying still about, be it. Upset about it. I mean, this was the other thing as well, isn't it? That I know we spoke about a lot over the last couple of years and that kind of surprised me as well. Why didn't... Like, what was... Like, like we said that, we don't think Mick Schumacher's going to come back. Does he now look at... Because, I mean, again, you probably won't know much about this, but of course, Hypercar this year, <laughs> you know, Le Mans was sensational. So last year, for example, Jamie, or the year before last, I think there were six... LMP1 cars, so top class cars at the Mon. Two Toyotas mm-hmm. and then four other mishmash privateer teams. This year, that number was 16. Next year, that number I think is meant to be as high potentially as 27. Wow. Like this is really growing. exponential growth in hypercar has been ridiculous. It does really feel like we could potentially be in for a scenario now where like hypercar is up there with formula one in kind of a similar vein to how indycar has been able to market itself in recent years Mm. as a good alternative for drivers that let's be fair probably aren't quite as good as formula one drivers but are still very very good drivers could i mean we always said this about mick and robert schwartzman didn't we surely they've got to be eyeing up for our hypercar program especially after the success now yeah, you imagine so. And it seems like a really safe place to land for them. Although Mick has obviously left the Ferrari umbrella now. But, I mean, certainly back in the day when, when it looked like Schwarzman and Schumacher wouldn't get F1 seats, we were like, just just go do hypercar. We we called it three years ago. We did. We did. And then it was wrong. Neither of them did it. <laughs> yeah. Very simply. Which is disappointing. <laughs> disappointing, uh, to say the least. But shall we jump in then, Jamie? Canadian Grand Prix preview. I mean, in terms of actual Formula 1 this weekend, 
we got no real teams bringing any major upgrades, or at least not that we know at the moment. Um, I mean, really, I think it's similar questions, isn't it, to Barcelona, isn't it, really? Um, Red Bull, let's be fair, yeah. probably still going to dominate. But probably. Mercedes, are they going to be closer, or are they going to be back a bit more with Ferrari and Aston Martin? Well, you look at the, the style of track, and with all the changes that Spain has had, they're quite similar in in many ways. Not like, really. well, how many? There's not that many low speed corners that kind of are just. I guess the all the, of them the are hairpin. low speed. Nah, turn. I mean, turn two is. I guess second last is. Turn yeah, one true. is low speed. Turn two <laughs> is low speed. Three and four. Okay. Or five isn't. I'll give you credit there. Yeah. Every corner at Canada is low speed. It's just obviously <laughs> very low downfall still. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it'll be more like the Monaco sector three Red Bull OP that we saw, but yeah, I think. Realistically, you're looking at a Red Bull winning. It is a street track, technically. So I guess Sergio Perez is looking to bounce back from a couple of disappointing like races. On the last oh, yeah. Track. It boun bounced off the wall quite hard, to be fair. So, yeah, I think Mercedes are probably hoping just to be solidly in second. Although, even like even in Spain, Russell just randomly qualified 12th, and it was race pace really where they came alive. So... It should be, it's a very short track, so hopefully we get as spicy a qualifying session as we have done the last two races. Um, and then, yeah, well, we shall see. Fingers crossed, isn't it? I think we can all hope that this weekend is spicy, at the very least. I mean, Canada has often delivered some quite dramatic races as well. Um, but predictions then, Jamie? Pole position, top three? <laughs> uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen, oh, I'm going to say Perez are going to be really boring, uh, and Lewis. Nice. That's probably the safest bet. Uh, so I will go Max Verstappen. I will also go Max Verstappen, uh, but I'll switch it up and go Hamilton Alonso. Oh, okay. Alonso back on the podium. Australia repeat, I reckon. That that's brave when you think how high speed uh, Canada is and how not great around high speed circuits the Aston Martin is. But Wait, you've just told me it's it all low speed corners. Me. It's low speed corners, but it's still a high speed circuit. Well, he got podiums what for five, four out of five races at the start. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, he, he, he they were very mixed up. Tracks. What, what happens to Perez? I suppose is my real question. Hits a uh, he probably just has, has a bad race again. Yeah, a bit of damage at turn one. Fair enough. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see as to how that one goes then. But Jamie, have we got anything else to add before we round out? Again, another fairly short preview show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What what was the result last year at Canada? Actually, this is a race it I just don't remember. It was Verstappen, because Alonso qualified on the front row, didn't he? And then I had a nightmare Oh, yeah. Race. And it then was... they absolutely screwed him over, didn't they? Yeah. Verstappen, um, I know Hamilton got a podium. I think it was Sainz second, Probably wasn't it? Yeah, Sainz was second um, because he was well, meant to be no able to challenge Max at, at the end because he was on softer, fresher tyres and did nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That was that, that was our podium last year. So, Sergio Perez again missed out on a podium uh, in Montreal. But there we go then. I think that has been our preview for the Canadian Grand Prix this weekend here from Circuit Giovanna. Jamie, as always, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, are you going out no for a cheeseburger for breakfast or... Uh, I don't know what I'm doing actually. I'm going touring the city of Nashville today, so that'd be fun. 
Enjoy, uh, enjoy it, my friend. Yeah. And are you are you back in the UK next week, Rob? <laughs> um, sure? No, I don't think so. I'll either I I'll either be here or in New York City, depending on when we record. So that'll be fun. Fair play. <laughs> we will have Jamie trackside for the New York Grand Prix that gets confirmed between now and then. Um, so, so looking forward yeah, to yeah. that as well. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening as always. If you have enjoyed, please make sure you leave a like, uh, get yourself subscribed, follow, all that good stuff. And we will return then next week to look back over the action from the Canadian Grand Prix.